I'm Jason Bryden, and welcome to the Bold Acting Podcast. There are two streams to this podcast that you can listen to. The interview show, which you'll hear shortly, and the How to Be a Person newsletter, which I read and record and put in the podcast stream. You'll find the Bold Acting Podcast wherever the podcasts are. And if you want to sign up for the free weekly newsletter, go to boldacting.substack.com. That's boldacting.substack.com. Gord Rand is an actor and creator here in Toronto. He has performed on stages such as the Shaw Festival, the Stratford Festival, and the World Stage. He won a Dora Award for his portrayal of a naked Ukrainian plutonium dealer. Gord Rand writes and directs both films and plays, recently completing his first feature documentary, Goodness in Rwanda. He also wrote the play Orgy in the Lighthouse, Pond Life, and the recently published The Trouble with Mr. Adams. His screen appearances include Stephen King's Chapelweight for Epics, where he played alongside Emily Hampshire and Adrian Brody a lead role in the indie film Impasse, and most recently, a recurring role on NBC's Transplant. According to a bio of Gord Rand on cbc.ca, he says he lives in downtown Toronto, grows his own hot peppers, has a lovely wife, two beautiful boys, a very large dog, and that he is lucky. Gord Rand starts off speaking of his best creative decision coming at the age of 13, in grade 8, when he auditioned for a school production of A Christmas Carol. When I auditioned for Ebenezer Scrooge in the school musical, because I was at a new school and I was in the French immersion program and everybody hated people in the French immersion program and I was the, the weakest, nerdiest one in the French immersion program, so I was very shy and very frightened and... We were going to do the auditions, and my friend who was auditioning, I, I did a bit for him, and, and he was like, are you going to do it in an accent? I was like, well, yeah. And it seemed like the most terrifying thing to do, but I did it, and then I got the gig. I played Ebenezer Scrooge himself <laughs> at the age of 13 years old. But the thing why that was the most exciting decision for me was that I, I knew after that that if I made any decisions creatively, acting-wise, if they if they really scared me, then they were going to be the right decision to make, and it was going to be a really rewarding experience because it was going to be somehow like cathartic, personally cathartic, and then it was going to be enjoyed by the audience. So if it made you nervous, that was the right that was the thing to do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But being a shy person, yes, it doesn't everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it what maybe yeah, yeah yes definitely but there is something i mean you know it is is there's there's a exposure of your truth that is the most exciting thing to do mm-hmm. sometimes you get to do that in confines that are a bit more nurturing and supportive like a theatrical confines or sometimes you do it on a tv sci-fi set where nobody gives a fuck about you mm-hmm. but if you walk away from having done a creative endeavor and you feel like you've exposed yourself in some way uh, for me anyway if i feel like i've exposed myself in some way i feel satisfied 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of, that's the thing. That's the thing that is, it's a good, for me, the best creative decision was realizing that and trying to pursue that with, you know, whatever I was doing, you know? It's such a hard thing to put your finger on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I say to myself, you got, just got to get out of your own way. But I wanted to know what was your, what was your risk where you felt that? Where you felt like you couldn't step outside of it and you wanted to bear your soul. Or you found yourself bearing your soul and had some um, I think joy. it was when a teacher of mine said, you should read this book mm. about being present. Because uh, you're not. Uh, and you're, you're outside of your body. You're in your head. Uh, and I read this book. I didn't even finish it. And, uh, and that changed everything. Mm. Yeah. And then it was like a cloud lifted or a fog dissipated. Yeah. And that's happened a few times in my life uh-huh. where I like came out of a weather system mm. and was like, oh, mm. I think that's called, I think a lot of people would call, would call that just maturing, <laughs> <laughs> but it came in fits and starts for me. Yeah. And what was your worst creative decision? I, I worked at a, a theater festival and, and I got, went there right after university. And I had a great, challenging, good time there for a few years. And then I stayed longer than I should have. And it was, um, it dulled me, you know? There wasn't... Uh, you did it for the money. I did it for the money. I did it because I had a girlfriend. I did it because it was a, it was a, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a safe thing to do. And I told myself that it was, you know, I mean, what, not necessarily, it was like not, not it was a professionally the right thing to do or whatever, but I knew that I was supposed to be taking bigger risks than that. And I didn't for like two years. And I feel like those two years, I always, you know, I'm supposed to have regrets, but I always have. That's what I regret most is any, I don't, and not even a particular decision. It's like a, it's like a slide, you know, you start to, you start to get comfortable and then the risks become harder to come by because you're not generating them. You're not in an environment in which you're generating those risks or finding those risks. The risks become harder to come by because you're not generating them. So you need the risk. I think so. Yeah. Do you get better at creating stuff yourself? Yeah. Over the years? Yeah. You get better at it. I think I get better at it. Is it does it do the same thing for you? Uh, because it's a lot of fucking work, self-starting. It's a lot of fucking work, yeah. It's a lot of work. And then you don't know, you don't have a machine behind you. No. You, you, so you don't no. have an audience. No. And you so don't have any money. No. So, I mean, I've written a few plays, and I feel like, oh, there's a trajectory I should be on, in which, you know... Um, I'm doing, I'm writing these plays and they're going to get more successful and, yeah. and they're going to, it's momentum. Know, We're going to build will it. want to hire me to write for them and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and then things get in the way. Things, things, things don't work out that way. You either. No. Sometimes, sometimes in this country, just nothing happens. Yes. <laughs> sometimes nothing happens. Is it important for sorry. all actors to, to write, to make their own stuff, to make their own I guess it depends on, on, on what you want to do. Uh, you don't think it's intrinsic in not going crazy, waiting for the phone to ring? Oh, or, in that regard, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it saved me a lot where I've gone, oh, fuck, I'm just going to start writing. Yeah. 
and 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 even if I'm not performing it, at least I'm 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 writing something. At least I have, I'm I'm letting the voices in my head get out, and I'm letting the you know the tension release, you know, and the privacy of it is is quite wonderful for me for writing. Like like you know, um, a friend of mine who was a, he was like a like an electronic musician, so he worked by himself a lot and. And he said that his dad listened to his stuff, and his, his, he was a British guy. And his dad was like, "It just sounds like you're wanking in your room." And then he was like, oh, "That's a nice thing to say, Dad." <laughs> and then he realized that Bjork had said, "Oh, I just want to listen to the stuff that people are, you know, the wank in the room. I want to hear the private stuff that people are doing by themselves that they're enjoying. That's the most interesting stuff to Bjork, anyway. And I think that's reflective in her music. And and if you can go home, like I did, I'd go home and and start writing stuff." Uh, you can say you write whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. It can make absolutely no sense, or it can be make the clearest sense. It can be the darkest, weirdest stuff you want, and then you can decide later when you look back at the notebooks and go, maybe this could be a play, or or you dare to show it to somebody else, like, and they go, hey, this is pretty good. Let's let's try doing this, and you go, oh my god, like, that's that's pretty exciting. And then you're making your own work, making for, work for friends. And that's where it starts to feel like that's when you start going, oh well now now the engines are gonna go and first comes the the international theater tour and then comes the movie deals and then comes yeah. the, you know and then you go, Oh shit, if that doesn't happen, then what do I do? Well I'm happy to go back to just I'm happy to go back to like I've applied for the fringe like a bunch of times. Like I'd love to do the fringe festival again. Like you know, you just have to put a script together and You have to go back though first. Okay. You have to get to that place where ego takes over. Yes. And starts to predict the future. Yes. And then you have to return to, well, why did I start doing this in the yes. first place? It was because, yeah. as you said, the privacy. I like to write the thing. That's a thrill. Then it's thrilling when someone else corroborates yeah. your vision. And yeah. then when you can stand back and look around at a room full of eight people that are all wouldn't be there if it weren't for your idea that's a thrill <laughs> and then it has to stop i think i think i think the expectations must stop right there the expectations what do you mean the expectations must stop? well if now we're expecting audiences every night yeah you know if we put our hopes in human beings we'll often be disappointed mm. but if we focus on the thing that we mm. can make the mm. thing that is to- only we could mm. do uh, then I think it's a safer place to do it again from. Yes. And I think you get, I think what I'm hearing from what you're saying, if you don't put your faith in other human beings, uh, in a way, some of the best stuff I've done, I felt like it's in spite of all those other human beings, you know, that, that it's, that, that it is, a, it's a solo exercise that then becomes public and, and when it's honest that way, then the other human beings come naturally to it. People are are yeah. excited by it or moved yeah. by it. Yeah. You're not going for, um, you know, an effect. That's my that's my that's my Achilles heel. It's like, oh, I'll do this and I'll get this effect from. And it's like it's always like, it's boring, and they can tell it's boring. But if you can find your way, like you say, like to go back into not thinking about how anybody's receiving it and keeping it honest and truthful to yourself. Then I feel you have a chance of people actually prick up their ears and go, Whoa, what, what, what's happening? What's going on over there? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think of a lot of things. One is that 
I like having low expectations of other people and high standards <laughs> for myself. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then just serve them and take that feedback uh -huh. without emotion. I mean, I fail at it all the time. But the, that feedback, uh -huh. w good or bad, uh -huh. you've got to take it with a grain of salt. Because yeah. it's humans. Yeah. We're nuts. Yeah. Does the self-starting, the making your own stuff, does it make you a better actor? Definitely. Because of practice or because of something else? If I'm making a film or editing a film or... Those are... That's technical stuff is like super helpful. Like... To know the technical stuff that goes into making familiar. that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even, even like writing plays or just writing stuff that someone's going to say. Because you say it to yourself and make sure it all makes sense before you right. to somebody else or... What's the thing, do you think, that gets you work? One thing that makes me get work is that I'm enjoyable to work with. I'm pretty sure I'm enjoyable. If someone doesn't enjoy working with me, I don't want to work with them. Like, I know that I have a good time. I'm like, I investigate. I want to try things out. I want to talk about things. I want to, I want to be creative. And that is, that's def that is definitely, I think that's a strength. And if someone doesn't feel it's a strength, then they, I don't want to work with them. You're easy to work with? I think so, yeah. And are you also a, res a responsible actor? Yes. And do you think that's important? Yes. Yeah, I try to be sure I have my lines memorized the right way. I want to be sure I have some like ideas about the scene. And I don't drink or smoke pot for a few days before I shoot. Um, I mean, I don't drink very much anymore anyway, but uh, I try to keep a clear head. I try to have respect for people who are working, either in the theater or on set. Um, and I feel like if I do that, then I can expect respect back from them. Uh, I don't have that thing. I, I it's, oh, like there's the Americans have it. When you go on an American set, they're always like, you got to you got to really fucking use your elbows and get in there and knock people over and be assertive and really... And some of those American stars that come up, they're real bastards, you know what I mean? And I go, I don't know if I could... I just don't I don't have that in me. I just don't... I don't want to be an asshole. What, so what I don't do you, know whether that's a strength or a weakness. What are they... To what end are the Americans well, being like that? I worked with one guy who was a famous guy. Uh, and he was, I mean, I was in awe of him because he's like a really good actor, but he was a bastard. He was like, he, really? he was, he, and he was playing a kind of like a, just uh, tell me and I'll, and I'll beep it out. Oh, it was hard. he was playing a bit of a bastard. I mean, he probably always does. Yeah. Um, uh, but he was like, he, and this was like in 2000 and I don't know, two or three or something like that. And he was uh, playing a cop, an FBI guy. And he was like, he was a fucking asshole to the props girl. Like, would just make her, like, work her ass. He'd be like, oh, this is a birthday party. I want to have, like, I want to have real presents inside these presents. I want to have them. We're going to shoot them, opening it up. I'm going to open them up. I want real presents. I want, like, PlayStation. I want, blah, blah. Gave her a whole shopping list. She went out and bought it all, wrapped it all up. And this is, like, on the day of the shoot. So she's running around town, comes back, sets the scene up for him. And then he's like, yeah. Now we're not going to have any of that. We're just going to have a bit of torn paper around. And I'm like, I understand the creative 
process. I understand that sometimes you make things want to make things happen, but I was like, that's that's abuse. Like, and I don't know whether it's because he was like, there's the, there's the mythos of the you know, method actor, so you actually become the asshole in order to be the asshole, and maybe you do, but I I I. I I'm not. I'm not an asshole in that way. Just not. Was there a time when it clicked for you? Uh, there's been a few times where it's clicked for me, I think. Um, and mainly it had to do with confidence. Really? Yeah. I have a thing where I get really shy and nervous about situations. It takes me a long time to calm down. Like I went to a new school. It always took me like a couple of years before I'd start to feel relaxed enough to be myself or a job or it took me a long time where I'd I'd click over into just going oh everything's safe and I can be I can be myself and that's similar with it took me a long time both with theater which I mainly did theater at the beginning of my career for like 10 years so it took me a while in that environment to go okay I can chill out and and be creative and fun and myself and not worry about it so much uh and then with tv and film a similar similar kind of thing it took a little while going to sets and just being like just being blocked and nervous and just trying to, you know. But then once I figured it out, and this is me, I mean, I don't know how other people work, but I, I think I just need to feel safe in the environment in order to let myself relax and become creative and then cre- be creative in the way that I want to be creative. So there's been a few times where things have sort of clicked. But it's, it's for me, it's just a matter of time and, and, and like getting used to it. And when you say being creative, you mean within the role you're taking risks in the way you're. Yes. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're being you're, in a scene. Yeah, you can you can. I mean, the best times I have on on sets is when I feel like. You know, everybody, all the decision makers are glad they cast me, and so then I can go, I can go. Okay, we probably got. I mean, in Canada, you get. Um, three maybe four takes you could maybe ask for another one but then I'll be able to go on those takes I can bring a different thing each time I can feel like I'm working the scene in different ways and and then I feel by the end of it I'm like okay you've got have you got everything you need and I feel like I don't ever I won't, I won't go home thinking oh, I should have set that line differently oh fuck I should have set that line differently because I've known it well enough and I felt free enough in the moment that I, I was able to bring enough sensation to it and you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think doing it differently every time is... That, that, that's a recent revelation for me. Uh-huh, yeah, me too, me too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at the expense of continuity, Yeah. I, I couldn't care less anymore. Yeah. That's where my responsible actor really falls down. Yes. It's like, I, I, if, if, I, if I think about what... Oh, which hand that thing is in, yeah. I'm going to be in my head and I'm going to be sunk. I know yeah. me. Yeah. My brain is far too yeah. meddlesome. Yeah. So I got to stay in there and try and affect the, the other person with yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I got to, most of the time I'm, I'm trying to weird, weird people out. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them to be like, what the fuck is happening over there? <laughs> Sometimes I'll like try yes. and fall in love with them yeah. without telling them. I'm yeah. not doing any, you know. But most of the time it's like, hey, look, what about this? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's really fun. 
And you... some, sometimes I, th- I find with that, I, I agree with the continuity thing because I used to get worried about that too. And I never knew any hierarchy on set. So yeah. someone would come up to me and go, you only did it with your other hand that time. And you, you looked at that point mm-hmm. over there. You blinked that that moment. And I'd be like, oh, oh my God. Oh, fuck. Right. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then uh, you realize, oh, well, that's just somebody on set trying to do their job. Yeah. And that's fine. And they might not have a lot of experience. And so yeah. they're trying to go like, oh, I, if anything's fucked up for the editor and this, it's coming down to me. But they don't realize that there's, you lose something. I mean, you have to. Be, you can't ruin the fucking whole takes. I mean, why be great if they just simply can't use it because it doesn't match? You know what I mean? Like to know the things that match, I think are fairly that have to match are pretty important. But the rest is like, yeah, you gotta. It's gotta be. It's gotta. So be to that person with good intentions, you would just say yeah. thank you and then politely ignore. Yes. Or, well, I would say thank you and politely ignore, and then hopefully enough would have been absorbed by my subconscious that I, I but I, I try not to. Like, it's I, like when I get notes from, often when I get notes from directors, and directors different in the theater than they are in the, in the, in the film and TV world. And then there are different types, you know, there's good directors and bad directors, and some directors give you notes that are helpful and others don't. And I love a bad director. Do you? Why? Well, I've gotten into the, wow, we're really, something's happening here and it's not going well. I've gotten into that feeling. <laughs> you like the exquisite awkwardness of the, the, all that money flying out the window as time ticks on? <laughs> well, I think there's power and freedom in realizing, like, you're not, you're a collaborator. Yeah. It's not, you're not just doing a one-person show up here. Yeah. So I don't ever worry about the money or I don't worry about where the camera is and uh-huh. I, I don't worry about continuity very much. And um but when there's a director who there's something beautiful about a director behind the eight ball who's staring down the barrel of not getting their day. Mm. And it adds, it's just more. <laughs> it's it's a frisson. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. What the fuck is going to happen here? Yeah, right. right you know, right. if everything's going well, then I can start fucking around and not paying attention. Yeah, right. But um, one director I worked with a few years ago, he was sweaty. He was scratching a lot, yeah. you know? It was kind of a disaster. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. I'd love to work with him again. Yeah, really? It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. That's so perverse. It's so perverse. <laughs> but there is something about the real thing happening. And it, I guess that's probably why, you know, the actor we were talking about is an asshole. Because it, 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 it probably does create a tension that he can then exploit or use. And I think that's, you know, I don't think... I mean, I'm I'm of two minds. Like on the one hand, we sort of live in an age now where, you know, everybody's everybody's feelings are brought into focus and are taken care of, and I suppose mm-hmm. that's a wonderful thing. At the same time, I was brought up in an age where it wasn't that way. You know, you 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 get a bit of abuse, and and you sort of you were expecting it when you were a younger actor, and yeah, you sort of try to ride with the punches and learn from it, and and uh, there was a, it was a bit bouncier. Yeah, you know. And and there was, well, I think there's still room for that, just as long as it serves the scene. Uh-huh. And if I get a scene partner that treats me, treats me rough, yeah, you know, I am thanking them, right? Because right, I didn't right. come here to make friends with everybody, yeah. But if yeah. someone's giving me a whole bunch of stuff, and I go, oh fuck, I gotta, yeah. I gotta pick up my 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 pace here and yeah. try and keep up with this person, 
it's so much better. Like if you find yourself carrying the scene, mm. if I'm carrying a scene, we're mm. all in trouble. Mm. Mm. So if somebody's smacking me around a bit, yeah, I'm excited by that. Yeah, not out, not after cut. Not yeah. like get me these props and that horse yeah. shit. Yeah, that's just. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's fame that does maybe that to fame. you. Maybe that's fame, or maybe that's this old, really old school of really old school American guy acting kind of thing. Yeah, which uh, you know, there's some great performances. Oh yeah, um, but you can do it. You can do. You can do. The, I think you can do those great performances just by acting mm. and not mm. having to make everyone live your method. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, because um, then you know I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the film The Wild Bunch. So the back the behind the scenes stuff is like uh, uh, Eli Wallach is just like helping lug lights around and it's got his full like cowboy really? gear on and they're just like moving shit around. They're yakking and stuff. And it was a real kind of they're out in the middle of the desert just shooting a movie and they're all having a good time. What's the? I just recently or sometime last year saw Eli Wallach, Steve McQueen, Yul Brenner in. Oh wow. And uh-huh. Eli Wallach plays the bad guy and a Mexican. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Yul Brenner's playing the hero. Right. So it's all topsy-turvy. Yeah, what movie was that, I wonder? What the hell was that? was that? Because it's a Western, obviously. Yeah. And Steve McQueen just broods. McQueen. Like, he barely says a word. Yeah, right. It's just that magnificent face. Yeah. What a great face. Yeah. Okay, what year monetarily was your best and how much money did you make? Oh, man, that's a very personal question. Yeah, you don't have to answer it. Um, This is a podcast in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, everybody will listen to it because there's, you know, the community is of 200 people. (laughs) The reason why I ask all these Uh, questions is because I'm aiming this at people that are beginning uh, and I want them to know... mm. Like, what is, I want them to not have expectations. Yes. And I think sometimes we lose. Well, I would say, I would say this. My best year, I thought I was making a whole bunch of money. And for me, I was. But when I looked at the median income of a middle class family in Toronto, I was barely making it. So there you go. (laughs) So that's how much, that's how much I made. But for me, it was like, I was like, because I've been, I have, I don't make money. Yeah. But the last few years, I've made some money. I've made some money where I've been like... <gasps> Are these your best okay. years? Monetarily, yes. Monetarily? Monetarily, yeah. And what does that years. do for your... It just is way more... It's it's with kids, especially. Like, I never cared when I didn't have kids. It was like... I didn't Money came, money anything. went. It was like, you know... No, I mean, I when it, when it was there, I enjoyed it. When it wasn't there, I, I just enjoyed that too. You know? You know, I could I could live off of nothing, mm-hmm. and as long as I had friends, yeah, I still pulled. I st- girls would still come back to my hovel, yes. and it was a shithole. <laughs> and I'd be, I'd be lying there sometime yeah. in bed, going, "I can't believe you came back to this." Yeah. So you can still have a life. It's not yes. about that. Yeah. Until you have children. Until you have children, but the acting life is like. I think probably any kind of artistry life is like, especially when you're young and even when you're old, it's like, it's, it's the best because you're, 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 it's making you sensitive 
to the world around you in a way that other people don't get to be sensitive to the world. And why is that good? That sounds hard. Oh, it's the best because that's why you get the girls. <laughs> because you have an interesting perspective. You're forced mm -hmm. to have an interesting perspective on something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's, I mean, I, I don't know why that's why you get the girls, but it, it, it is, it does like, it does make, you know, I go, I, I only have however many years on earth. Like the time that I regret is when there was that sensitivity was dulled. I go that that that's not something I get to have back. Is that time when, when it, when I when I didn't keep myself febrile and sensitive to the you know to creativity and to other people and to interaction. What did that look like when you were insensitive to it? I became fatter. <laughs> you became, became fat. There's nothing. It's nothing against people who are larger than other people. Do I, you really have to say? Do you think you're in? Maybe, maybe what? we are in danger of people misconstruing that comment, well, I mean, and you having like, to say, "I'm not against fat people." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's it it is true though because I have friends who are who are fat, and I wouldn't want them to think that. At my lowest point, the worst thing about it was the fact that I put on a few pounds because that's not the case. But in my case, because what happened was somehow my metabolism slowed, was dulled. I drank too much and I ate too much shitty food. food and, and it was all, it wasn't like it was like suffering. It was like just dullness. And uh, Were you still brother, working? I was working. Yeah. I was working at the theater. Hmm. So, was it in the years that you stayed too long? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And your brother said? And at Christmas time, my brother gave me a hug, and he's like, dude, you got fat. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, when I met, uh, my, family when I met my wife, she was, and I've asked her about it, she was like, oh, yeah, no, when I first hugged you, I was like, oh, he's a, he's a, a stout man. <laughs> so and, you managed to close on your wife. As a stout man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't that stout, but... <laughs> See, that's where the insulting thing comes in. Um, no, I was... I was uh, yeah, I did. No, I, she was... Uh, she was into me. I mean... She was... was she, yeah. I don't know why or how or anything like that, but she was. And she's cool. So I was grateful for that. <laughs> you know? What keeps you up at night these days? Uh, the state of the climate, climate emergency keeps me up at night. Um, also, uh, uh, I have or, a kind of long running midlife crisis where I kind of like look over my, oh, other thing. Oh, that, that keeps me up at night. Mm -hmm. I've learned how to dispel that a little bit. And then, uh, the bringing up of my sons keeps me up at night. Mm -hmm. too. And is the, um. Does it actually keep you up at night, or are you a good sleeper in spite of... I'm, a, I'm good at falling asleep, and then I wake up at sort of like four in the morning. Yeah, and then it's hard. Then, and then uh, it's hard. Then everything's, everything's spinning. And Do you ever medicate? Oh, uh, you mean take sleeping pills? Yeah. No. 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 And what do you do when you can't sleep? Um, I've started to do a relaxation exercise. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of relaxation exercises. Oh, you do? Yeah, I really try to keep my body as relaxed as possible. That's a good idea. Uh, for me, it is because I've always been like really stiff, and then yeah. lots going on inside, but everything's stiff on the outside. So if I can keep myself relaxed, and the two, the inside and the outside, start to match, 
So it's better for acting, I think. Because acting comes from, as you said earlier, confidence. And you can't be confident if you're yeah. Yeah. tight. If you're tight, yeah. And you just don't express it if you're tight. And you miss stuff. You miss stuff. You're totally just looking at your own... No one cares about a tight man. <laughs> what? I've, oh, I've spent so much time design. being tight. Yeah. And I remember a Jamaican delivery, delivery man telling me, don't be tight. Why did, just, why did he say it to you? I was like, what, this, is, uh, this took way too long. I was complaining about the delivery. Ah. And he was like, don't get tight. <laughs> and I just started laughing. I was like, you're right. Why am I getting fucking tight over a delivery? <laughs> so dumb. Advice. It's good advice. Advice from strangers. Sometimes yeah. it, it it's not just annoying. Yeah. How are you with numbers, taxes, bills, all that adult shit? Good. You are. I was shit for a while, and then I got good because I, I ran into some problems. Yeah. And I got kind of like almost audited by this like super friendly gentle guy from Newfoundland who just called me on the phone. I said, just on page seventeen, and it was the creepiest guy because he was like super nice but he was auditing me so i couldn't tell like i i was lulled into a false sense of security i would tell him anything anyway and then i was like holy fuck and i and i had made money that year but i'd spent it all and then i owed a whole bunch of taxes and i was like what the fuck happened and i was furious but and then i had to direct that fury at myself and go it was me i fucked up so and i had a child at that time so i was like i gotta get my shit together so i was like fucking taxes we're going we're gonna to parse the money. We're going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. So I do my own taxes every year. Like, How did you figure out that out? I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to face January, February broke. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the hardest time for me is January, February, March, because yeah. there's never any work. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, it's getting busy. It's going to be great this year. And I'm like, it's fucking not good now. Yeah, it's shit now, and we're in Toronto, and it's gray and miserable, and there's nowhere to go. Like, it takes you three hours to get out of the city. It's just like it's a it's that's the one thing. Like, freaking hate. Hi, hi. We're doing a podcast. So um, you got good at it by doing it. You do your yeah. own taxes. Yeah, yeah. Are you incorporated? Now I'm incorporated, yeah, newly incorporated. So I don't do those taxes. You don't do those. But I'm looking at it and going like, because when I started doing my own taxes, people, people were like, oh, how do you do it? I'm like, well, it's a computer program, does it? You just have to be organized and organize your stuff and figure out how to. So how do you stay organized? Um, uh, like, do you uh, input credit card statements manually into QuickBooks or does it do it all by itself? Do you pull I, out I your expenses? I, I gather everything in the springtime. In, in in the springtime and then just sort it all out. So you gather like your inputs and outputs. Well, I used to gather, yeah. I used to do it all with receipts, like all the little yeah. bits of receipts. And it wouldn't just be me. Jeannie would help me with it as well. She'd pull them open and go, what about this one? Can we write this one off? And I'm like, definitely. That's like post office. And write it down. And, and uh, uh, I, I started to feel really good to do that stuff because you'd get, you'd go, You'd look at all your expenses, look at where you'd have a full picture of your finances. 
And it was, I mean, this, this is where people are turning off the podcast. No. They're no, like, they're just is, doing a bench press and they're like, oh my God. They're just doing switch, a bench switch press. Switch this out. No, this is the stuff that, well, I, I don't know if it's going to change anybody's behavior, but. But you know what? I'll tell you a useful thing about this is that there'll be a lot of people who, if you're a young actor and you start meeting with some success, a lot of people are going to want a piece of it. And you don't have to give the pieces away. I mean, you got to pay your agent. You got to, you know, that kind of stuff. But like, for example, taxes, I remember going, someone was like, you got to just, just, just throw all your receipts to the accountant, have them look mm-hmm. after it. And I did that once and I was like, this is a waste of money. I'm, I, I peered around at their computer. And this was like in the 90s. I peered around. And I was like, that's a, that's a consumer grade program you're using to figure out my taxes. I could go get that program and it wouldn't cost me 400 bucks. It cost me like 50 bucks. Yeah. I'm going to do that and save 350 bucks. Like people want to tell you when you're a young actor, like, oh, just get successful, get a manager, get, an, all that, all, get, get a financial advisor, all that stuff. As much of it you can do yourself, the better off you're going to be. You'll save money. You'll know more about yourself. You'll stay disciplined. Like, really do your own taxes. Or try, at least. Do as much of your taxes as you can. And do them on time. Because discipline's a... Whatever, however you exert your discipline over your career is a good idea. However you can exert it over your career is a good idea. Yeah. And now I'm incorporated, so it's been a bit of a switch. So now I pay for incorporation, and then, yeah. then I, have to, I have to... That's one thing I'm not organized, is I have to get rid of my self-employed HST number. Yes, now and you have a takes, corporate are HST. You, are you a corporate? Are you a corporate? I am, but I think I'm about to dissolve it. Really? Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh-uh. I can't justify it anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I could file nil filings, uh-huh. and those are only $200 okay. if you do them yourself. Uh-huh. $500 if I get my accountant to do it. Yeah. And my accountant's very reasonable, I've discovered. Who is your accountant? Ross. Oh, I'm at Ross, I'm at Ross are you? too. Yes. Yeah, they got all the actors, yeah. or a lot of them. Yeah. So, so I can't really decide, is this teaching venture going to for, bear fruit? Mm. And how long? Mm-hmm. And do I keep the business? Mm. Or do I dissolve it and run everything personal? Mm. The whole idea of a business is that you keep money in the business. Yeah. And then you're taxed less on it. Yeah. I never did that. Right. I've been incorporated for 20 years. Uh-huh. Never managed to keep... The, the money I make is... The, just, the money just goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of down on incorporation these days. Yeah. But I'm more interested in how other creatives take care of the stuff that we're not necessarily taught we're in not theater taught school. Take, no, we're not taught to take care of it. That's the next class I want to offer at Bold Acting is personal finance for the creative class. 100%. That would be good, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. People get excited about that one. Okay, we're almost done. Gord Rand, what's your biggest screw-up? My biggest screw-up was being on set, a big American set, working with a big American star, and... We got into an improv, and I I wanted to say a thing that was going to be controversial, but it was going to be good, and I chickened out. And the result was the famous American actor just looked at me and was like, that's, that's not good enough. And I felt so crestfallen because I knew that I could have been better if I just had the nuts to do it, and I didn't. And so that is a thing that keeps me going. That remembering that, the shame of not having followed through, that 
that makes me that keeps me up at night. <laughs> it really does. Like it's like it's like it, 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 I feel so ashamed of it that there was an opportunity, and I think, and I judge myself. I judge my character. I say maybe my character is essentially flawed. Mm. I, essentially, I'm a coward mm. because I didn't do it. It sounds kind of abstract. And I don't want to give too many details away of it, but it was an improv that would it would have been a really like I know when I relive it in my head. If I'd said the line that I came up with it would have stopped the room. Like, I feel like certain it would have stopped the room. Yeah. And it would have been memorable. And it would have been good. But I just limped. I limped over the finish line and was recognized as having done it and felt shame. So kids, don't do it. Go for it. Say it. If you had to have a day job, what would it be? Being a paid novelist. Is that a reasonable thing to say? I mean, that's not really a day job, is it? Wouldn't that be great? It would be amazing, yeah. Yeah. That would be the best. That but I talk, then I talk the to best. novelists, and they're like, fuck, man, there's so much pressure. That's true, you got to pound out the words, and then you send it to your editor, and they don't like it, and you don't know how to fix it. So there's pressures on everything. But I have an, the idea, the dream day job is that I live on a little farm. Mm-hmm. I go out and feed the chickens. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, while the birds chirp outside, I'm just like putting in my words and I know that there's a hungry millions of people waiting for those words and I can deliver them in my own sweet time. (laughs) That's my dream day job. That's a good dream. Last question. Would you recommend a creative life? Yes. But with a caveat. I don't think you should do it unless you have to do it. There's two sides to it. There's one, like Kurt Vonnegut says, you shouldn't do anything. anything, You should only do artistic things for your own soul. So one of his, in one of his classes, or he had sent, he had helped out with one of his friends who was teaching a class and came in and said, write a poem, bring it in tomorrow, don't read it to anybody, finish the poem, and then set it on fire and forget about it. But you're only writing the poem so that you are become a you become, um, I guess, for your soul. So your soul becomes bigger. So you interact with the world in a more interesting way. So there's that side of it, which everybody should do. Everybody should try to act. Everybody should learn how to act. Stand up and interpret something sensitively in front of their peers, and you know, try to be good. But as far as an actual like professional life, I think you should only do it if you if you if you can't not do it. If you can't not do it, then yes, you should do it. So no, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but the thing is, you, if, you, if you can't not do it, you're not going to do it anyway. You'll do it for a little while and you'll find something else to do, I think. If you can't not do it, you're going to do it. And then it's fun. And then you're like, you know, poor and meeting people and quote unquote pulling girls, as you said, into your shitty little mattress. I can't go back to to that place. What a shithole. Thanks, Gord. Thank you. It was fun. Now is the time to look down at your phone and rate this podcast five stars. Five stars only. That's all I could handle. Write a review. I don't know. I think the five stars is important. And then sign up for the newsletter at boldacting.substack.com. We'll see you next time.